Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey there, it's podcast time. Name of the show is The Alt in Our Stars. Chris Payne is my name. I am your host today. If you've never heard the Alt in Our Stars before, basically it's an alternative themes music podcast that runs every Friday afternoon right here on Billboard.com. I'll have a discussion with an artist or a band, other people in media, other writers, just someone out there who I think will have a good talk with me about some part of the alternative music world. And this week, that artist is someone who goes by the name of Borns. His name is Garrett Bournes, but he records just as Bournes put out his debut album late last year, 2015, on Interscope Records. It's called Dopamine, um, kind of a druggy album title, and I asked him straight up, is it a druggy album? And he gave me a pretty interesting response to that. We talked a lot about a lot of neat things here. We talked about selfies and what it's like when a bunch of kids just run up to you at a festival and want to take a picture with you talked about what it's like when you're sitting on a plane next to someone who likes your band but doesn't know that it's you who's the front person. We talked about Los Angeles, where Bournes has lived for the past few years. Talked about how he's kind of in this interesting in-between phase between being a newcomer and being famous and what it's like navigating that space and whether or not he's open to becoming more famous. So an interesting time in his life few months into his first album cycle. I had a good time talking to this guy. I hope you enjoy this podcast with Borns. And if you like what you hear, I encourage you to dig into the archives. I think you would like other podcasts we've done here on the Alt and Our Stars. A couple others back there you might like. We had Panic at the Disco on the podcast earlier this year. We had Health. We had Bully, Otrin Nouveau, Magical Clouds, Ashley Monroe, Chris Bayo from Vampire Weekend, Butch Vig, lots of good stuff to dig into. So to go to the archives, you can either click the iTunes link towards the bottom of the story, if you're listening to this on billboards.com, that is. If not, just search for it, Alt in Our Stars in iTunes. You can also, in addition to listening to old episodes, subscribe to the podcast, get it every week, runs every Friday afternoon on billboards.com. And also, if you wanted to give us a rating, positive, negative, whatever, star rating on, on iTunes helps immensely with everything we do with the podcast. So 
All that out of the way, Bourne's podcast, Alt in Our Stars. Enjoy. I'm here with Bourne's, Garrett Bourne's, just yes, Bourne's for the, for the stage. Sure, yeah. So uh, for you performing as Bourne's, performing this music you're playing now currently, that's kind of a new thing for you, right? Um, it's been about, let's see, almost three years. Um, I haven't been performing under Bourne's for three years, but when I moved to California, that's kind of when I just started, I just started going by Bourne's. So, yeah. So that was for you start of a new era, you'd say? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 yeah so take me back. Tell me, we're talking about this three-year period this new era in your life tell me how interscope found you and made you into borns the person right now uh well um i did most of the creating but they did most of the interscoping um the way i phrased that was like yeah they did it all (laughs) i think you know what i mean though um yeah uh i i created an ep um with Tommy English mm-hmm. um, in, in L.A. Uh, Tommy English and then one song by Kennedy. And um, we made this EP. And I, I wanted to make a body of work that, you know, I felt was kind of like a, a, a concise, you know, full body of work that made sense but also was just like just a little taste of kind of mm-hmm. where I want to go musically and stylistically. And... Um, and uh and i wanted it to kind of be completed before i had any like conversations with labels or anything like that i didn't really want any pressure or i didn't really want a label to uh i don't know put their own imprint on it or you know have their involvement in the creation because Mm -hmm. i I just want them to be in love with it for what it is you know um and i was talking to a few different labels and uh interscope has been really great um I think just the vibe there immediately with John Janik, you know, he comes from an indie label and he kind of has that mentality. Um, and, uh, and, um, and yeah, I, I think just, it's, it's been a really good experience of, uh, you know, they just, they trust me creatively and they're kind of like, do your thing, make your music and we'll support it. So that's a good thing. It's a, it's a mutual understanding of each other's strengths. Yeah, and before that, you mentioned wanting to have like a full body of work across an EP. I feel like that's tough for, that's something people say about an album. Mm, right. I like things in bite-sized pieces, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Even if it's, a t- if it's a smaller body of work, I still like it to be fulfilling to the senses. Okay. So this songwriting, because I'm trying to get this straight, because... I- this song, this songwriting period you were just talking about was before Interscope. This was, mm-hmm. but you out in LA, mm-hmm. kind of starting the gen, the genesis of yeah. what you're working now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I was probably I was probably in LA for a little over a year before I started talking to Interscope. Um, I was just recording a lot of music, and I put some demos online, and I started getting some attention from. Um, some managers and publishers and a couple like label reps and 
Um, so it was interesting that it kind of naturally got some attention, um, but um, I still knew there was a lot of discovering to do with the music. So yeah, took my time, I guess. Yeah, and so we'll backpedal more. You're from Michigan. What got you out to LA? Um, seven forty-seven. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Hey, jokes. There it is. It was actually a hot air balloon, to be honest. <laughs> a gust of wind blew me off course, and then I landed in the mm. uh, loquat tree, um, and built myself a tree house out of fallen, um, enchanted lumber. Is there like a rudimentary recording studio in the tree house? Uh, it's, it was pretty bare bones. I mean, I was pretty much just like, just singing Mary Poppins style to the birds <laughs> and the squirrels <laughs> at my windowsill, um, uh, which is, you know, they're a good audience there. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll join in occasionally, but mm. most of the time, you know, um, they'll just add their, their flutters. But, uh, yeah, I, I went out to LA kind of on a whim, just to get some sunshine, new environments to chill for a bit, write some music, do some sun salutations, drink some cleansing green juice, see what that did, did for my mind and body. Uh, and it was actually pretty meditative. I found this really nice place up in the hills, and it was the same area that this guy Yogananda came to spread the word about, like, like the yogi word back in like the 20s so there was something very kind of innate about those hills kind of holding this um this self-realization power or something like that um and uh and yeah and that's where i felt most comfortable writing this music i guess so, so yeah we're starting to talk about the beginning 10,000 Emerald Pools, that was your first or one of your first songs? Uh, yeah, um, I wrote that song with a super talented gentleman named Kennedy, um, and I met him uh, through a songwriting, like a mutual songwriting friend when I first moved out to LA, and um, he's a really creative, worldly dude, and uh, and we were just kind of starting to write the song. I just had like some acoustic kind of like melodies. And um, and then it, like as I was writing it, it kind of had this underwater theme. And he was like, my mom's address in Vegas is 10,000 Emerald Pool. So I was like, well, that's the title, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then the song kind of came from that. It just, just kind of like fell out of that title, I guess. Um, and yeah. Um, so that was kind of a, you know, a, a little seed of like what started growing as the Bourne's um, catalog. Yeah. Is that the oldest song that made it to the full length? Uh, yeah. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So is this the sort of thing where when you listen to the album now, you can see even across that how you've progressed? Yeah, I think so. I think I sing differently. Hmm. Um, just after being on the road for a while and, and also just recording a lot of, a lot more music. Um, I sing differently live for sure, but I definitely sing differently in the studio too. Um, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. Like 
listening back to the first song because that which is emerald pools like kind of the first song of the collection and then listening to like the last song that i recorded it's like i almost don't even doesn't feel like the same person in a way but yeah yeah let's dig into that more but first let's play the people some music this is emerald pools So you're saying you feel like kind of a different person since Emerald Pools, the early music across the album. Tell me more about that. Well, I don't know. I mean, I I guess uh, after touring and and singing most nights of the week, (laughs) um, I think it just kind of shapes your voice and just like your experiences and the things you're writing about. You just sing differently. You probably talk differently than you did a year ago, but you don't yeah, realize it. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And do you think just seeing more of the world or just more of the country, meeting more people, do you think that has to do with it? Maybe. Probably. Even if it's subliminally. Probably does. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, because when you said like how you talk differently mm-hmm. over time, I think of how when I came to the city, I grew up in New Jersey, I spoke with a New Jersey accent at first, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to erase that and just put that behind me and not some like, oh, the person from Jersey in New York. So I, over time, took that away. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking like, huh, maybe in a bigger sense, just meeting different people, seeing how other people live, other mm-hmm. ways of life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, how many times have you been like around a new person and like you start saying the things that they say mm-hmm. or like just being in a van with like my band, like we all kind of develop a certain like language, lingo, dirty jokes, all that kind of stuff. I guess that doesn't really have to do much with like the timbre of your voice, but maybe it does. I don't know. Also, um, uh, I think one of the worst things ever for a singer is like I lost the first the only time I lost my voice was when I was like playing South by and it wasn't the gigs that really that was really hard on my voice but it was like schmoozing okay after that like drinking and then talking in a really loud environment mm. that was the worst but like, you know, you got to do it. You Networking, it's important. Networking. Um, and uh, and then I had to go back on tour after South By. And this was the only time that I ever like, I couldn't even speak. Like my voice was literally just gone. And that's never happened to me. So it's kind of scary, you know, like the, your instrument thing, like the thing that everybody's depending on you for. <laughs> it's like, well, taking a sick week. Yeah, you know? seriously. Because... I feel like it's fairly frequent that musicians will cancel dates or cancel interviews over saying they've lost their voice, something like that. And often it might seem like just an excuse, mm-hmm. but from what you're telling me and other things I've heard, yeah, it just happens a lot. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I feel like most of the time 
it's not even i mean sometimes like we're on a crazy performance schedule and it's like we don't have many off days or time to rest or like you're getting up really early to do like an acoustic promo thing or something but um i feel like a lot of the time you're like losing your voice or whatever isn't from performances it's like from everything in between you know but yeah. so thank you so much for doing this podcast you're putting your voice on the line <laughs> basically that's right um <laughs> just give a signal to your people outside if you feel like it's getting weak oh for sure yeah <laughs> get a little vocal cord massage um that's why i have my tea here and also this is my um podcast interview voice it's very a subdued voice you know it's like telling ghost stories under the under the covers voice. So you're talking about your people who you tour with, your bands. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about them. I know that you crack dirty jokes. Aside from that, I don't know much. Who are they? What do they play? How did you meet them? Um, my band is uh, amalgamated of two guys and two girls. Um, super talented folks and really awesome people. Uh, Kristen Gleason Prada is on drums. She also goes by KGP. Um, I met all of them in LA, kind of just through just living in LA, just music context, I guess. Um, and I've had a few different keyboardists. Um, let's see. Uh, Patrick Taylor is playing bass with me now. He just just joined i was playing with john joseph for a while um who is a california native um john joseph he's a super um crazy talented bassist and uh and studio engineer producer um yeah um and uh but yeah patrick taylor's playing with us now also very talented um connor doyle has been playing with me since um, I put the band together, um, and he's a um, crazy, talented guitarist, plays a lot of slide stuff, really dreamy, kind of um, atmospheric, soundscapey, noisy kind of stuff. He listens to a lot of, a lot of different kinds of music. He kind of comes from, he's very knowledgeable about like the history of like punk music and just like it's good to have yeah 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 he's band he's, historian totally yeah um and uh so he adds a really interesting layer to the um sonic landscape uh misty boyce plays keys for me she has an amazing voice and plays keys like it's she's you know tying her shoes it's like so like just speaking to her and um and she's like normally playing uh two instruments and singing at once it's crazy like um her and uh kgp are so much fun to watch live because they're doing so many things at once they're like so talented like kristen is playing doing all the drum triggers like everything that's just like programmed drums in the actual recordings mm -hmm. like kristen is playing live like the samples but also playing acoustic kit at the same time so she's uh, every one of her limbs is always going mm. it's it's pretty incredible to watch they're amazing musicians so um so yeah you know balance of yin and yang in the band guys and girls 
Yeah, that's an, that's interesting. I'm sort of the hermaphroditic front man. So, I'm, you know. <laughs> I mean, I can see sometimes if someone just heard your music, especially certain songs, they might think, like, oh, it's a woman singing because mm-hmm. your voice gets up there. Do you ever get that? It gets up there. It's the hot air balloon, man. Yeah. It's the hot air balloon mentality. <laughs> uh, yeah, I um, I get that sometimes. Um, I think it's interesting just hearing people like, kind of try to figure it out. Because I've told people, like, I was on an airplane once, and this guy sitting next to me was like, where are you going? I was like, oh, going back to L.A., like, is that where you live? Yeah, playing a band. What's a band called? Borns. Oh, I love Borns. What's that? What do you play in the band? And I'm like, oh, I sing. And he's like, wait, what do you mean? I thought it's a girl singer. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, that's that's me. I'm her. Yeah. Um, but I like it. I think it adds a uh, dimension of um, mystery and, and a um, constantly unmysterious uh um medium i don't know i just feel like nowadays you can go on the internet and find out everything about a new band and i think there's a the discovery process is something that's really interesting so i like it i like being misunderstood (laughs) yeah that's what that's what art is for i mean it's like everyone can take it however they want yeah and i'm sure a lot of your listeners are hearing it on Spotify or listening to the CD. But then again, like Electric Love got played a good amount on radio, alternative mm-hmm. radio. So there probably were a good amount of people who were just like cruising in their car and heard that. And just sure. that was, they didn't see a band photo or right. like have any information there, like on a Facebook page or anything. So Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, people are like, is it a band? Is it a guy? Is it a girl? Is it a... Let's play Electric Love. All right. Drop it in electric love. Here it is, the big hit. Yeah, so you were telling me a lot about your band, live-wise. Mm-hmm. Did they contribute to writing, making the album? Um, no, uh, everything was um, written and recorded between me and Tommy. Um, they uh, they actually did record on one of the songs, um, Fool. The song was already written as kind of like an acoustic song, and then we went to the studio um up in like the bay area stinson beach and we recorded it kind of motown style like all the vocals around one mic and Mm -hmm. um cool old like fairchild compressors that kind of stuff um and uh let's see kristen kristen uh recorded drums on, on a few songs um but but yeah all the all the writing and Recording is done between Tommy and I. We like to keep it just you know, like two cooks in the kitchen. Okay. Yeah. So you and Tommy Tommy co-wrote every song on the album? Um, yeah, mostly. 
um we kind of just like it's always a collaborative effort between us between just like bantering melodies um i write most of the lyrics uh i kind of just come up with a mess of them and i'm always just like Mm -hmm. throwing them at him uh and he's got an amazing ear for melody really talented guitarist um but we kind of uh both of us play the instruments and um yeah and did you go th- go collaborate with a lot of different people before you found him before all these album tracks came about um or just like sessions no, not really i mean to be honest i had way much more i had way more time to record the ep than the lp i had like a couple months to put the full length together not even exaggerating like mm-hmm. i was just on the road and then i had to like write it record it and get right back on the road even before it was done i was like approving mixes and like sending in notes and designing the album artwork and it was pretty insane schedule wise um and then put it out and then went immediately on tour for like three months again so uh it was a pretty insane timeline to get an album out um so it was good that it was just between tommy and i um because i don't know what if like (laughs) it would have been a nightmare if it was a bunch of different producers yeah yeah. because i mean a lot of albums come about that way with just like different people brought in for just one track right to contribute just maybe like extra percussion or something to one track on a 12 track album right yeah that's why we're stingy play everything Mm -hmm. ourselves (laughs) did you like before you came to the ep and whatnot maybe like early in la did you collaborate with people that didn't go anywhere maybe or just have like bad collaborations where it was just like uh, have to move on oh yeah yeah sure i've had i've had a lot of uh miss collaborations missed ones <laughs> miss miss collaborations um because it's like misconnections. yeah i don't know um just things that have gone nowhere or just like been in a session that's just like well this is nothing i would ever want to put out into the world <laughs> <laughs> what would that sound like what would that sound like oh you don't even want to know um uh it would sound like this dial tone phone ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint mobile unlimited premium wireless ready to get 30 30 ready to get 30 ready to get 20 20 20 ready to get 20 20 ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month so give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Um, sound like a hot air balloon deflating onto a, um, a farm of horny elephants. 
So a far a far cry from what came out on the Bourne's LP. Well, I like to keep a little bit of that sleaze in there, but you know, um, I don't know. I think it always takes it takes you a while to like kind of figure out who you are, what kind of music you want to put into the world. Um, I re- I have a lot of ideas, but I don't always put them out into yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. the universe, you know, which is probably good. Yeah. So the the finished product you did get, I mean, I think a lot of people hear it or they'll write about and call it like L.A. music or like an L.A. album for you. Like, mm. is it an L.A. album? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, it was kind of inspired by that environment. I don't think I would have written these songs anywhere else. But, uh, um, yeah. Were you going to a lot of shows then and seeing other people play? Uh, here and there. Um, I, like, during the recording This is your process, whole time in L.A., really. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I saw a decent amount of bands. Um, I, I feel like, uh... I didn't want to be too influenced by um, the LA music scene because it is kind of uh, like, um, I don't know. It's kind of daunting in a way that like, um, there's just like, you know, really cool bands and you, mm-hmm. and you don't want to like be too influenced by them. I mean, I guess you can. I mean, you can like take inspiring parts but it also kind of makes you self-conscious about what you're making sometimes so yeah yeah and it's so much because like if you ask me oh what is the new york music scene i'd be like i don't know that's a huge thing it's a huge thing so yeah there's probably just so much yeah it's a but it's a really small world Mm. at the end of the day i feel like it's totally small world yeah and i think when people think about rock music there with la there's a there's a more specific you know, lineage of what that tradition is. You can, you know, you can go back to the Eagles or, you know, you can right. go back to, you know, any number of bands that are in the seventies, that scene and all that. And right. Yeah. The doors, the doors. Yeah. Beach boys, pretenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there is, there is sort of that kind of, um, embedded style of music. Um, kind of that Southern California psychedelic rock kind of thing. Um, and I'm inspired by that stuff. I grew up listening to that, so, yeah. Do you have favorites out of that that would go to especially? Uh, out of, like, 70s music? Yeah, or? basically about, a, like, you know, out of the sort of bands you were just saying. Um, yeah, I mean... I don't know. I'm always inspired by the Beach Boys harmonies and the and melodies. Um, they're just, they have such great jumps in them, like huge intervals, which mm-hmm. I think makes a really good melody. Um, there's something about like, uh, like the Somewhere Over the Rainbow melody. You'll find that in so many songs. It's crazy. Like I feel like every band that was popular in like, the 70s had that jump like the somewhere the rainbow or there's a star man waiting okay, in the sky okay okay or even like uh chestnut 
that's what I was saying on mm. an open bar. It's just like mm. across genres, across yeah. <laughs> eras. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, I'm getting off into a melodic tangent, but hey, melodic tangents are good. Yeah, yeah, right. Don't um, want to lose the voice though. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> yeah. Brian Wilson, what a guy. Yeah. So you think it's a druggy album? Dopamine. Yeah. Called um, dopamine. Yeah, I guess with a name like dopamine. <laughs> uh, hey yo. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty. Do 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 you mean do do you think people like do the drugs to the album? Hmm. Do the drug. If you have information on that, that would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um. I do it's like support sending it. your drug story. Hashtag <laughs> dopamine. Yeah. The f- best five stories we'll share over the Bourne's Twitter account. Whoa. There you go. There you go. I'm I'm marketing right now. <laughs> um Yeah. Uh I I, I I feel like it's um it's kind of like a um it's almost like you're the drugs that are already in your brain, bro. Which is like dopamine. Which is like dopamine, yeah. But it's also like those those natural chemicals that are released. Um, it's like that um, have to do with like addiction and um, whatever. I mean, it can be anything from heroin to sex to, you know, alcohol or a woman. It's just whatever, you know, drives you, whatever gets your motor running. Um, but this album in particular is about, uh, kind of just, um, fascinations, just, um, fantasies, you know? Yeah. Kind of daydreamy fantasies. Yeah. Yeah. Like things that trigger dopamine. Yeah. Things that, yeah, that drive you. Right. Yeah. So like, and also I just think the sound of the music too, the way it expands, it's the sort of music that basically if you're on any number of different drugs it sounds better it's like the stuff you like lean back and like you it just sounds big mm. whereas maybe like a punk album that just has very direct guitars and drums straight ahead doesn't have that feel you don't sit back and feel like oh this is happening hmm. yeah i i guess um depends on the listener but i can say that I, i'm always kind of going for this um ascent ascending sort of feeling in the music okay. I, I always like yeah, it to you know like to feel like the music is like rising you know or like expanding um that like the vocals have like room to kind of disappear into the abyss you know um something that i i really like about that maybe it's growing up in michigan with like you know the like lake michigan and just kind of like openness mm. um or uh just um a love of that natural reverb that sweet sweet reverb <laughs> yeah yeah i'm thinking it seems like a lot of time and effort in the studio a lot of care to these sorts of things is it tricky at all translating what like what you were just talking about to the live show um no i feel like it's easier i mean it depends hmm. on kind of what kind what kind of uh environment like you're performing in because there's been times where we're playing in like a big theater with like 
this like a big cavernous room that has like all that natural mm-hmm. reverb and it's like oh yes this is like this is what i had in mind like when i was writing this song it feels so good to like not have to put a plug in on your voice to make it sound like this you know it's like this is real reverb i'm singing in a, in a cave um uh but um yeah, I think it's it's easier to translate live. I definitely had that in mind when I was recording the album. I was like, how are these songs going to sound in this environment? Yeah, so. Yeah, because you probably play some venues, like thinking back to what, say, South By must have been like, that are just more like little shoebox rooms. Mm-hmm. Like rooms are all structured differently. Some are just like rectangular and don't have a high ceiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when you got to crank up the... Uh, um the audio fx <laughs> um but yeah i mean yeah we've we've played in so many different kinds of um venues over the past year uh but oh it's, it's a nice challenge i guess you know cool let's drop another song sure this is one with one of those very high expanding vocal parts this is the emotion Did we talk about Coachella yet? No. Yeah, because we've been talking a lot about Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So you've probably played there lots and lots. L.A. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a decent amount. Um. Ooh. Uh. I don't think, not necessarily, more than I've played other places. But changing. is Coachella new? Coachella's new. Okay. Yes, Coachella's very new. Okay. So looking ahead that to what's on the tour itinerary, is that one that you're especially, especially excited for? Uh, absolutely. Um, I don't really know what to expect. Oh, my. Um, sorry, spilling green tea everywhere. Um, yeah, I've never been. I've never even been to Palm Springs. Um, but I hear Frank Sinatra's got a nice place out there. Okay. So really hoping that I bump into the right person that's like, hey, I'm going to go over to Frankie's for a smoke and a pancake when mm. I come. And I'm like, yeah, let's, let's jump in the kidney-shaped pool and drink Kool-Aid. Yeah, I heard, heard the ghost of Frank Sinatra still sometimes be seen around those parts. Ooh. The whole rap pack maybe on a good night. That's what I hear, hopefully. <laughs> mm. uh, have you been to Coachella? I've never been to Coachella. No. Um, seems like a wild one. Ooh, yeah, boy. I think it's definitely that and Bonner. I've been to Bonner, and you're playing that too, right? Mm-hmm. Those I think are very different from. There's sort of right. this like normal idea of an American festival, a big American festival. Not a bad thing, but just a lot of them are good, but the same sort of thing where you might go to one another and they kind of blend into each other. I think Bonnaroo and Coachella have two very distinct vibes. Booty shorts. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
the the um they might be uh a lot less dusty, less less grass stains in Coachella as opposed mm-hmm. to Bonnaroo. Okay, that's true. Different um, crowds. Wait, you just say less dusty at Coachella? Yes, much cleaner. Oh, much I feel cleaner. like I just picture so much dust. Maybe yeah, you're right. I meant more dirtiness because mm. like. Coachella, I've never been there, but from all that I've heard, very pristine. Like you really? sit down like you're laying down on a golf course, that kind of thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I thought it was like in the middle of the desert with... Oh, it is. But it's a very manicured, <laughs> taken care of desert. Are they actually just... Uh, it's in a um, temperature-controlled... Uh... <laughs> it says it's like in a indoor, dome. Yeah, indoor um, soccer stadium. Yeah. Um, kind of hunger game style where you think you're outside but you're like wait a second mm-hmm. that's not the sun oh i was thinking you know on spongebob sandy the like rack or squirrel who lives in the dome under the water oh right yeah that's sandy right yeah yeah i was thinking less less uh apocalyptic ah under the sea yeah that would be nice that'd be refreshing more fun yeah life aquatic Do you hear that in the background? I do. <laughs> Vibes of uh, Sorry by Justin Bieber floating into this conference room from the billboard lobby outside. Mm, tasty. He's everywhere. Everywhere. Might that- be at Coachella. You think? He showed up, I think, last year or the year before without playing. He was just there popping on stage. Just popping in, popping out, jumping on a private jet. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the Beebs, man. Good for him. So, exciting things coming up. Is there anything else coming up in your world that we haven't touched on that you're like really amped for? Uh, going actually going on tour in Europe with Halsey for three weeks. Um, th- I think that'll be really fun. I think we're playing some really beautiful theaters. Um, going to some places I've never been before. Barcelona. Um, I was just in Milan very briefly. Um, and I'm excited to go back there and play. And Halsey's uber talented, like amazing performer. So it's going to be fun to play with her. Yeah. Are you guys buds? Uh, we played a couple of shows in Australia together and um, had a little hang time. Uh, so, yeah, she's super sweet. Yeah, man. I feel like her fan base is crazy, too. It's crazy. She sold out MSG here. Everyone was so surprised. And her album had, like, barely been out that long. I know. It's pretty insane. Like, she's massive uber celebrity over there. Like, she can't, like, walk anywhere. It's, like, pretty insane. Anywhere, everywhere around the world. It's just Mm. wild. Do you think about that stuff? Um... What's that? Like just getting recognized more and more and just like celebrity and what that means. Um, Personal life, getting invaded, all that stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a weird thing. Um, I mean, there's, there's uh, again, I think I, I like, I love this in-between kind of discovery process stage where people are like, I don't know, I've had people come up to me and, ask like okay 
you look so much like the lead singer from Borns. <laughs> Are you? And I'm like, uh, they preface it with that in yeah, case they're wrong. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, I get that all the time. And they're like, "Are you sure you're not?" And I'm like, "Yeah, no, I just, I know, like, I'm not." And um, and if they figure it out, then I'll take a picture with them. Um, but this one time, I think I was playing Lollapalooza, and like, there was like this mass exodus. Everybody's leaving the festival, and I was walking out, um, to go get an Uber, which was going to be insane, um, because everyone was leaving at the same time, and these girls ran up to me. And they were like, it was like kind of the sun was sort of going down. And, and like, they were like, oh my God, Borns? And they like ran in front of me. And like, as soon as, as, soon as they got in front of me, um, the like, the main girl of the pack was like, oh, it's not Borns. Never mind. And <laughs> the they, main girl yeah, calling the shots. And they call it out. And she's like, oh, it's not him. And then uh, ran away. And I was like, oh, <laughs> They gotta have a better main girl. That was easy. <laughs> the main the main girl has to be like on a moment's notice, like be able to find out those celebs, like yeah. know what's up. Yeah, right. Maybe I should hire someone to just always call me out if 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 there's any anything like that, you know, like, oh, this guy's such a born's poser. And everyone's like, Oh yeah, he is. I don't want a picture with him. We'll leave him alone. What well, this person would be in case people recognize you, they'd say it's not you to drive them away. <laughs> no, I I mean, yeah, I have I have no problem, you know, taking the occasional selfie, but not when I'm eating a taco. Yeah, that's totally inappropriate. And then again, you have the guy sitting next to you on the plane who thinks a woman fronts porns and has no <laughs> idea who you are. Right. Yeah. It's great. So, yeah, it's an interesting in between there. Yeah. And you're cool with pushing it more and more towards the celebrity side um i don't know man it's such a weird uh such a weird thing sometimes i think people don't even realize why exactly they're taking a picture with you it's It's very very existential yeah like what does it all mean yeah photos with famous people i know i don't know i don't really get it i'd rather like i don't know I don't mind it. Because, I mean, in the past it would have been an autograph. but Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. An autograph or just like an actual moment where you're like looking them in the eyes and saying something to them. But now it's just like I think people just kind of assume like, oh, it's cool. Like, no, 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 it's right. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. And, I mean, sometimes that photo moment could come with like an earnest look in the eyes. Sure. And exchange of saying something. Sure, sure. Um, sometimes it's just a little desensitized i guess yeah yeah it's all about how they go about it yeah yeah because in a way just having always in your instagram history that picture of you with whoever as opposed to just something written on a ticket that is a like kind of a more appealing like media experience the photo versus an autograph Mm, right i guess yeah it's a little more like um cold hard evidence i suppose So yeah, that concludes another episode of the Alt in Our Stars podcast. Hope you enjoyed my talk with Borns. Check out his album. As we said, it's called Dopamine. Came out last year on Interscope. Definitely some big jams on there you should check out. And yeah, 
Alton, our stars, will be with us for the rest of this year. It's a weekly thing here on Billboards.com. I'm super, super excited about it. I've already been reaching out to other people for future weeks. Very excited about some people who I can't announce quite yet, but very, very amped for some people who are going to be on this podcast coming up in later weeks. So every Friday on Billboards.com, keep it here. Subscribe to the podcast or listen to archived episodes Search for it on iTunes, or if you can just click the uh, the link towards the bottom of the story if you're on billboards.com to get into those Alt and Our Stars ar- archives. Yeah, until next week, have a good weekend, everybody. Peace out. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.